Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Michelle Smallman, Dan McLaughlin, Randy Carricker. Andrew Marsh told you that Jesse Rogers of ESPN was going to join us. He's on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. He's been all over the labor negotiations, such as they are, for MLB. Good morning, Jesse. Always good to have you here in St. Louis. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing fine. Good to be with you guys. And we know you're very busy, and we appreciate your time. Let's start with this. What did you take out of Rob Manfred's comments this morning? Well, I mean, the league has dug into their position, which is we're not going to overhaul the entire system. And that's kind of what the union is proposing. And I think at the end of the day, what's going to happen is they're going to ask for the big stuff now. Um, We're going to hear see the lockout headlines. And when they get down to the nitty and gritty, I think the players will win on a couple of issues. The fact that the owners won the last round of collective bargaining, you know, uh, collective bargaining, doesn't mean that the players deserve to win everything back. I mean, that's why, I mean, when you win something, you don't want to give it all back. And they certainly did win in 2016, the owners did. So here we are now, uh, the, 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 the players are kind of asking for a bunch of things back. They should get one or two, but not everything. It's just, uh, they might deserve everything, but that's just not going to happen. Why would they do that after they, you know, why win in 16 if you're going to give it all back now? So I think right now the league is, is, is dug into a couple of their positions um, and uh, two or three of them, and they're not going to waver from them. So where's the compromise? Maybe on one or two at most. And then we work around the edges and come up with a better system. So um, that, that was my takeaway. He's just not going to give away the farm after kind of making some progress on their end back in 16. Jesse, how ugly do you think that this could get? Not ugly anytime soon. It really has to come around February where it gets ugly, or or maybe mid January. If this really th- if this really drags on, then it, it it starts to get ugly. If if neither side will budge on a couple of the big things here, that's when it gets ugly. So I think it's much closer to when spring training is lost, or games are lost, or regular season games are lost. That's when you're really going to you know, hear some nastiness leak. But I, I think right now it's going to be a little bit of a cooling off period. They're going to go back to the table soon enough, and let's see if they get really serious about this. All of this that's happened so far has kind of been expected. Now let's see who has the resolve to to drag this out into February because that's, again, when it'll get nasty. Yeah, I'm curious about that. How Just your personal opinion, how long do you think this uh, could last? And then you mentioned the two aspects that the Players Association, one or two, that they're trying to get. What are those? Yeah, it's probably three big ones in a, in a sense. First of all, get get players paid earlier two ways to do that um, through arbitration, whether if they kill the system altogether and come up with a new one. Okay. But let's just use this system as is instead of getting uh, going through arbitration, starting after three years of service time, do it after two years. Now that is a big deal. 
that is a lot of new money infused into the system. If you start the arbitration clock after two seasons, they'd love for that. They'd love for a different kind of formula to get to free agency. One of them was five, uh, five years uh, and, and 29 years old, you know, that kind of thing. So let's just say a different formula for free agency. That's a big deal. The elimination of draft pick compensation, um, that's a big deal as well. You know, if a big free agent signs with another team, that team has to give up draft picks. That's a big deal. Um, these are things, those three things have been in part of baseball economics for decades, for decades. And the union's looking to change all of them. And that's why I say maybe focus on, on one or two. In my mind, getting paid players paid earlier, I think, is interesting. Uh, arbitration after two years is something I would advocate for, much more than any change to free agency. First of all, not every player gets to free agency. And when they do, they're not necessarily in their prime. So I think the average lifespan of a player is less than five years. So I think addressing free agency doesn't even uh, impact everybody in the union. We're addressing arbitration, let's say, after two years, unless you wash out after one, right? It really does impact every player. Now, this is something the league is not going to give on unless they get something in return. It's a big uh, sort of relent on the league if they say yes to arbitration after two years. So that's something I like because it impacts every player in the union basically the same way, gets them paid a little bit earlier. I'll give you an example I've been using with people. You know, Chris Bryan, a guy I cover here in Chicago, he won the Rookie of the Year in 2015 and the MVP the next season, 2016. What did he make those two years? He made the minimum and like a million bucks his second year. I mean, you win the MVP, you should be getting a raise, right? A decent raise. And if you do that after two seasons and you enter the arbitration process, you will get a decent raise. And so that's where I think there's practical reasons to get these players paid earlier. Jesse, because the owners won in 2016, what do the players have to give? Obviously, they they can give expanded postseason they could give dh if that's what the owners want it seems to be mutual there so what really in a negotiation there's a give and take what do the the players have to give right now yeah definitely expanded postseason that's hundreds of millions of dollars so that's definitely one i think you know rule changes possibly i don't know how that works because i know the commissioner can implement them on his own eventually but we're, we're as as you negotiate a cba it, it's a it's a chance to say okay Yes to this, yes to this, yes to this. And if the league wants a pitch clock, the union, that's something the union can give them, right? That, that, that's a big ask and a big give by the union. So there's rule changes, there's expanded postseason, and then you're right. There's not a lot of other things, and that's why the, 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 the union probably will dig in here and not give up on stuff. Basically, they can give them their season back, you know? Yeah. The owners just lost a huge chunk of money in 2020, if they want the season to start on time and everyone make their money, um, they could say, look, we will, we, we will agree to you know, everything you want in terms of getting back to work, but you've got to give on this. We'll give you the expanded postseason. We'll give you the pitch clock, um, you know, and, and we'll relent on some things around the edges. Um, if, if, if you want, you know, again, some smaller things, we'll relent on that as long as you give us some, some of the big economic issues, the core issues that, that we're, we're asking for. Jesse, you mentioned everyone wanting the season to start on time. Are there some key dates that fans can circle on the calendar that they can look to that might cause these talks to be met with a sense of urgency? Obviously, it's the start of the regular season, but does spring training come into that as well? 
Yeah, I think February 1st is, is, is a good one. It's probably the one a lot of people have been using. I, I mean, you know, you might say January. If you're talking to a player, he'd say before that because he wants to know where he's going to be living if he's a free agent, uh, where he's going to be uh, for spring training. Even even a, a player on a team wants to know if they're going to start on time because you have to rent houses, all that stuff. So February 1 is probably a late date in terms of just getting spring training going in a regular manner. Now, you can always start spring training a few days late. That's not a big deal. But I, I'd use that date. Um, as, as the next big deadline, uh, like I said, if you talk to a player, they'd like it done before then. But I think that most people think this is going to last into January anyway. Hey, Jesse, um, is there any talk about just what this does for the game right now? You're a general fan and the average fan out there, and maybe you love all sports and you're a baseball fan as well, and you hear this stuff again and you heard it during the, the pandemic season, and you're like, you know what, Uncle, I've had enough. And owners are saying, oh, we're seeing that we, we aren't selling tickets. We can't market our people. We can't market the sport. Is there any talk of that, or do they just feel like, hey, if we get this thing done, like you said, by February 1st, uh, all is forgiven and we move on? I, I think the latter is true. I don't think fans need to be overly dramatic about this. In fact, this whole thing created a great few days of hot stove, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of the hot stove. It, it, I mean, and I talked to executives yesterday who said they liked what went on these last few days, and they're kind of enjoying the idea of a few weeks of a shutdown here where they don't have to be next to their phones. Like, there's talk about this being sort of a nice trial run for something like a deadline in the future, which would happen every season, maybe December 20th, maybe January 5th, where everyone has to sign by then if you're a free agent. Now, there's problems with that because the players think that owners will use that as leverage and wait them out, and then all of a sudden everybody has to scramble on the last day. But in general, people enjoy these last few days. And when the lockout ends, I think we're all going to enjoy those few days when there's a scramble of trades and free agent signings. So um, in between, yeah, it's going to be a dead period. But who cares? Who cares about a dead period in December and January? We just had a fun week. We're going to have a fun week when the lockout ends. In between, let's take vacation, enjoy our families, and and get back to work. I mean, most sports have like a month off. Hockey shuts down basically in August. The NFL certainly takes time after the free agent frenzy. Same with the NBA. So we're in, we're in sort of like a quiet period, forced, of course. Um, and it's not like baseball's not going to return. Free agent signings are going to – it's all going to come back. So I don't think fans should get up in arms over of a shutdown in December or January. You can follow Jesse Rogers on Twitter at Jesse Rogers. That's R-O-G-E-R-S. Jesse Rogers ESPN. He's all over the situation. One final thing. The NHL, the NBA – pro football they all have a salary cap they all have about a 50 50 split of revenue right now the estimate is is that the owners are getting 57 percent of the revenue from baseball players are getting 43 give me a scenario in which players would trust ownership enough that their books were right what they were seeing financially was right that they would allow a 50 50 split with a salary floor and a reasonable maybe soft salary cap there's almost no scenario I can imagine. It is a non-starter. It's such a non-starter that the league has never proposed it during these negotiations. They didn't even approach the idea of a hard cap. It's just a non-starter. It is, it is sort of the, the MLBPA union tenant. Like, we do not accept a cap. We're the MLBPA. We are different than those other leagues. We've never had one. We will never have one. I don't know if that's the right tact. I agree that times have changed, you know, uh, and and maybe, you know, the pandemic kind of 
showed us that a partnership might be better. But, of course, a pandemic is maybe a once-in-a-hundred-year type of thing. But in general, maybe a partnership is better. I know if there's a player listening to me, he's going to be throwing his phone right now. But <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think it's worth exploring a little bit, a salary floor, a salary ceiling. But, look, if you get a salary ceiling, you might say goodbye to these $300 million contracts. And if there's one thing I know that, that, the, that the union wants – is that the and, star players need to get paid above everything else. And uh, baseball is the only sport where you have these 300 million plus guaranteed contracts, you know, NFL, they're not guaranteed guaranteed. And you have many of them in the, in, in MLB and you're going to have more of them once the lockout ends, Carlos Correa and others. So, I don't, I don't think there's any scenario where that will occur. Jesse Rogers, as always, you provide great information. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. And we know that even though we have a lockout going on, there won't be days off for you. You'll have to follow this. So we appreciate that. Take care. Take care. Nice talking to you.